The LA Kings are very interested in Pierre-Luc Dubois and perhaps for more than just a couple of seasons. The Jets have received word that the Kings are in on Dubois and apparently the trade offers might be getting very interesting. We'll dive into what the Jets might be getting and why it could help Winnipeg in the present and future on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey friends, welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasts and platforms and YouTube. Doing so is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL at checkout for $20 off your first purchase. Now, like I said at the top of the episode, got a couple of fun topics to cover, but the most important one that you care about, the one that is going to make you excited, is that the LA Kings are hot and heavy for Pierre-Luc Dubois. Now, we've talked about the Kings before in relation to Connor Hellebuck, um, and we also did mention that the Kings were also a rumored destination for Pierre-Luc Dubois, but now it sounds like the Kings are stepping up their interest. Uh, Frank Saravalli and a number of others have reported that they have made things very interesting in the Dubois pursuit. Not really saying what interesting means, but my guess is the Kings have become very serious bidders, uh, more than just saying we're interested and we're in on Dubois. Now, Dubois is not um, going to arbitration from what it sounds like, which is very interesting. The Jets haven't filed for it, which might mean that, well, the Jets are expecting him to be gone here pretty soon, and they're not even worried about doing the whole bridge gap thing, right? And with Pat Brisson kind of doing his thing and really pushing to help move the needle and get Dubois a new destination, that might actually mean that the Jets are, uh, you know, shopping an actual sign-and-trade deal here, which, again, you don't see all that often, but in Winnipeg's case, because Brisson is kind of uh, leading the charge here and really pushing to make uh, Dubois as attractive of a trade option as possible, Winnipeg might actually be getting a huge boost here uh, for a, a like, like an eight-year extension or something uh, to be on the table for Dubois. That would be very appealing for a lot of teams out there, and I think the Jets stand to get much better offers as a result. Now, if it's, if it's the Kings, you know, there are a couple of players who I think make a lot of sense. And if it's in Winnipeg's interest to compete next season, the first one that would probably be coming back is Gabriel Velarde. Now, you know Velarde for a couple of reasons. He's an extremely exciting young player, a great center with, uh, you know, an excellent shot, great vision, and, you know, a ton of offensive skill. Uh, you know, Villardi is also versatile. He can play in a couple of different spots from what I understand. Um, but Gabe is just really explosive, really fun, and he's 23. So in terms of 
you know, the age uh, of his his career arc and where he is, he's really just getting started. Now, if the Jets were really interested in Gabe, I wouldn't be shocked. The one thing that does kind of make me slightly nervous about him is that he has had some, you know, pretty serious injury histories enough to where he almost didn't even make the pro leagues. There was genuine concern that um, the injuries that he suffered over the years and the rehab process would actually limit his effectiveness at the NHL level, if not completely hold him back from really making the pros. So for him to actually have made it to the NHL and really start thriving over the past season or so has been a small miracle. Really happy for him, and it would be pretty darn cool if he became a Jet. Now, the player that I think I would personally really be pushing for, though, is Quentin Byfield. And I know some of you are going to say, oh, he's bad. He had a really crappy season last year, yada, yada, yada. The thing that you're not really considering is that he is a six foot four center with incredible junior numbers, and he actually has started to put it, uh, put it together towards the end of last season, right? Um, and, and this season, he was kind of figuring things out, getting used to the NHL speed. And over the past second half of like his run of form with the the Kings this year, he was starting to score more frequently. And with the Ontario Reign. He was also putting up close to a point per game this season after being around a half a point per game last season. So there is sign of genuine growth. And when you have a player with his particular tool sets and size and the positions that he can play, I think it makes him an extremely tantalizing prospect for the future. And the Jets would not have to wait long for him to really start hitting his stride, probably a season or two, which for me fits a really ideal retooling timeline. And for the the Kings, you know, you might say, why, you know, why would they give up the second overall pick? And the answer is Dubois kind of does a lot of what they're hoping Byfield does already. And if you get Dubois for eight years guaranteed at what he would be um, asking for, you know, maybe eight and a half to nine million versus waiting for Byfield to uh, develop into that player in a season or two, for the Kings, it might make sense to go for Dubois right now because their their core, their group of players, all of those are are kind of in the mid to late twenties, uh, or in some cases in their thirties, and that means that the, the the time for them to be competitive is right here, right now. And if they have an you know like a, an elite player coming in like Dubois who has the skill sets that he does and would likely thrive there, it's really hard to say that you know it's not worth giving up Byfield. I think it actually makes a lot of sense. And for the Jets, you know, Winnipeg can get a player for the the slight present, but more for the near future. Victor Arvidsson might also be a part of this deal coming to Winnipeg as like the cap consideration, which is interesting because that sort of salary dump would actually be fantastic for Winnipeg's top six. Arvidsson is still very productive, still very skilled. He's really had a fun time as a king. And I think for Winnipeg's top six, he would actually boost Winnipeg's finishing ability quite a bit and help kind of solve some of the scoring problems that we've had of late. And he can play at all situations. So, you know, you really would love to see him thrive for the Jets and become a great finisher. Now, all of this doesn't really mean a lot if the Jets don't surround, you know, players like Arvidsson, Byfield, and Velarde with a reasonable uh, cast of supporting attackers. And this year, the NHL free agent class is not great. But I think some of the stuff about it has been a little bit overhated. And I think there are some really good names that the Jets could potentially get at pretty reasonable prices. We'll dive into who those players might be in just a little bit. 
Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are a great pair of pants that come with an interior liner, so it's almost like having a two-in-one pant that means you don't even need to worry about underwear, and they come in a lot of great styles. They've got khaki shorts, they've got longer pants, and the most important thing is that you're going to look great and feel great. They're made with an anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric that is breathable, that stretches well, and fits you just right every time. Bird Dogs wants you to feel comfortable and look your best at all times, whether you're, you know, maybe heading out with your friends or, you know, you're kind of in the office and you need a pair of pants that looks reasonably professional, but also keeps you comfortable when you're stuck in your chair all day. If you're ready to give Bird Dogs a shot, go to birddogs.com slash NHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler with every order. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off, we promise you. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everydayers, thank you for rejoining us for today's conversation. We're talking about, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois moving to L.A. and maybe getting one of Villardi or uh, Quentin Byfield back in return, which, you know, for the Jets would be a win either way, whether they're trying to compete now or maybe taking a season or two off and letting some of these really good players marinate into top-end, top-level forces. But say the Jets are really interested in trying to make a run of it again next season, which like I said, not a fan of, but, you know, I understand their perspective. Well, the Jets then are going to have to find some offensive help and a goalie. And if you're looking at the market, it's it's not <laughs> it's not particularly great, if we're being honest. But let's start off with a couple of forwards who could be of use to the Jets and could maybe come in at a reasonable cap hit. The first one that I think I would really be interested in is Tomas Tatar. Uh, I don't really know what Tatar's plan is, whether he's staying in New Jersey or going elsewhere. I'm pretty sure he's leaving because, you know, at his age and, you know, with how the, the Devils cap structure is looking, he's probably going to have to find a new team unless they can squeeze him in somehow. And Tatar has always been very underrated in my mind. You know, he's like a perfect middle six attacker with a great sense of offensive positioning the vision and passing and spatial awareness to be a constant pest. And he scores. I mean, the dude is like a naturally good scorer. He had 20 goals this past season, 28 assists. Um, and those for like a guy who can really bounce up and down your lineup, that's pretty darn great for, for posting, you know, uh, again, like a middle six attacking wing. You could arguably put him on your second line. Um, if you have like an elite third line, obviously I think he'd make a lot of sense there. Uh, would he break the bank? I don't know. He'd probably be looking for closer to $5 million, and I'm not sure I would necessarily pay that uh, just because the Jets are going to be in more of a you know um, salary and cap-saving mode this year. But for the kind of player that he is, it wouldn't be the worst. Another guy that I am interested in perhaps tracking in on is Alexander Kerfoot. Uh, Kerfoot, you know, between him and JT Comfer, I think Comfer might be the better all-around player. But Kerfoot, you know, has the potential to be a really nice third-line center. And I think for the Jets, you know, having Lowry there hasn't really been terrible this past season. But I would like to find somebody with a little bit more of a natural finishing touch. And I'm not going to sit here and say that Kerfoot is necessarily that guy. But I think Alex could bring a little bit more offensive jump and some more uh, attacking skill at 5v5 
while Lowry would better be suited uh, on like a really bulldozing, punishing fourth line unit. I think that would make sense. Um, the only thing with Kerfoot is that I, I don't know if it would be better just to try David Gustafson there instead. You know, I've always been a big proponent of Gustafson getting more minutes. But if the Jets are trying to, again, compete this season, they're going to have to find goals from up and down the lineup. And Gustafson hasn't exactly shown like a ton of natural finishing talent yet because he hasn't really been given that role and he doesn't have a lot of, of skilled linemates to work with. But Kerfoot also is a little more proven and, again, probably wouldn't be super expensive. The last forward that I might be interested in perhaps shelling out for, um, but you know, I, I certainly wouldn't want to be tied down to to a long-term contract is, um, you know, uh, Jason Zucker. Zucker's a guy that I've talked about before, and he's kind of in the same Tomash Tatar bracket of being really good, slightly underappreciated. I think in Zucker's case, the expectations for him are always higher because everyone talks about him being a phenomenally skilled player, but you look at his counting stats and it's kind of like modest. Uh, he posts more in the third line to like, middle of the second line sort of uh, uh, scoring rates. And I feel like that's always been something that's held against him. In my mind, though, I think he's still a really good creator. Uh, and he had like 27 goals last season, which is pretty darn good. He'd rank up there for Jets finishers if he had done the same numbers for for Winnipeg. So I, I could see him being a really reasonable player, but you know he's probably looking for five mil plus uh, for a couple of seasons. And I don't know that again, I'd really want the jets to tie up a lot into, um, free agency, but again, it, it just depends on what their direction is. And as of yet, the jets haven't really given us a clear indication of what they're willing to allow and what they're, you know, willing to, to let go here. So yeah, not a lot of great options. Um, and if you're looking for like some goalies in net, you could try taking a risk on maybe Alex Nadelkovic. I don't know that Nadelkovic is necessarily a goalie that I would expect a lot from, but in terms of free agent options, he might offer some of the better upside considering, you know, your options are like Freddie Anderson, um, Semyon Varlamov, uh, Jonathan Quick, guys who are probably just about to retire more than anything. Um, Aiden Hill, of course, is going to get a huge raise, so I probably would avoid Hill uh, unless the Jets could get him at a reasonable price, but if Winnipeg wasn't really willing to go in on um, Connor Hellebuck, I can't imagine that Aiden Hill, who's probably going to be looking for like five or six million, is is really going to be that palatable of an option. And do we really want to try Cam Talbot or or James Reimer or any of these other guys? Probably not. Uh, I think for me, Nadelkovic is like a low uh, a low cost, generally speaking, and, and maybe has some upside, but I don't know how much there is to salvage there at his age. So. Yeah, you know, in terms of the goalie market, not feeling great about that one, if I'm being honest. But it is what it is. The Jets are just going to have to try and squeeze something out somewhere and give uh, Dom DiVicentes and Solomon in a few more uh, seasons to try and develop into NHL-caliber NHL goalies. In the meantime, speaking of, uh, of course, some of our drafted prospects, I don't want to talk about how I want the Jets to approach this year's draft and what I hope we see Winnipeg go for in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I don't want to shout out our friends and partners at Game Time. When it comes to buying tickets, whether it's sporting events or concerts and the like, we all know that you know going through ticket buying services can be a huge hassle. They're expensive, 
they're not always convenient, and you want something that's safe, secure, and accurate every single time. GameTime is here to help. They are a fantastic service that offers you last-minute tickets and flash deals on a pretty consistent basis. If you've ever bought last-minute tickets, you know that that's usually when people are trying to get the lowest prices possible just because they got to clear these things out. They don't want to hold on to these tickets and get caught holding the bag after the event's already passed. They just want to sell it and send somebody in their stead. And Game Time is here to help make that super easy. And you also get in-venue seat views, so you'll always avoid those really bad obstructed seats if you want. Or if you really want to sit there and say you're in Fenway Park and stare at a giant column, they give you that as an option if you'd like. But of course, they also offer um, things like lowest price guarantees, event cancellation protection, and so much more. If you happen to find uh, a seat that's in the same section and row for less, Game Time will give you a credit of 110% for the difference. Where else are you going to really find that? And again, you get your tickets almost instantly. It's super fast and it's secure. So if you're ready to get started, download the Game Time app, create an account. And when you're checking out, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us on these very final thoughts on tonight's episode. I just wanted to spend a couple of quick minutes talking about what I hope the Jets do here at this year's upcoming draft. Obviously, this year is very exciting for a lot of teams, and for the Jets having like a mid-first round pick, it's actually reasonably exciting for Winnipeg, too. I think that some really good talents are likely to fall to the Jets just because everything outside of the top 10 is pretty up in the air this year. I think that there's not really a, a big consensus on some of these mid to late first rounders. I've seen rankings all over the place. I've seen people um, consistently struggling to pin down exactly where they feel players rank. And for the Jets, I think that actually opens up a lot of intriguing opportunities. This year, though, I think I really want Winnipeg to swing on finishing ability and skill. I think that that is something that in the past the Jets haven't always prioritized. But last year, I would say, was the first time where we saw them again really taking big home run swings on top-level high-end skill. McCrory is a super-skilled super scorer with you know the, the cosmetic flaw of his skating, which is actually a pretty big issue at the time, but he's really worked hard to try and get up to speed, and it has made some uh, notable uh, strides over the past season or so. Brad Lambert, again, another offensive dynamo, and he's really regained his confidence and looked more like the guy who at one point was like a top three selection choice last season. So all in all, you know, Winnipeg, I think, is really starting to push more towards that elite finishing talent, that elite game-breaking skill. And I think the Jets can do it again this year with a couple of options. Uh, Edouard Chalet, I actually took in our mock draft. Uh, he might go a little bit later than where the Jets are picking, but Winnipeg could maybe even find themselves drafting an Oliver Moore or a couple of other guys who uh, could be really interesting. Quentin Musty, a very skilled player with some considerable size who, if he starts filling out and making better use of that natural vision and, and shooting that he has in spades, I could see him being a really good top six player. So for the Jets, I really want them to do what Barry Trotz was recommending to the Preds and getting players who put you in seats, take home run swings, go for it. I, I think if there was ever a draft to where I would say, let 
the skill kind of do the talking for you and making the selections for you, this is it. I don't mind if the Jets maybe get a little bit unlucky and pick somebody who doesn't really have a long-term NHL career, but I think, you know, given where the Jets are in their in their developmental stages and how they've struggled at times to really find uh, ways to get prospects to the NHL, this would be a really good time to start rebuilding that developmental pipeline pipeline and trying to prioritize the skill that can get Winnipeg back into the playoffs faster than ever. I think the Jets have, you know, sometimes gone for safer picks. This is a year where I think they should really go for it and try and find some top-level talent that can elevate the scoring ability of this team. We saw how finishing was Winnipeg's Achilles heel last season. I think if we can help the Jets uh, start to finish more opportunities in the future, that would make the Jets a much more fun, much more watchable, and much more dangerous team. They do a lot of the other stuff right. It's just that scoring has kind of been an issue recently. So let's hope they find some top-end skill and surprise us with a couple of really big selections. Let me know who you're hoping that they draft in the comments section below and at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's show, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day and hope you will be back here on Monday for more off-season discussion. Thanks again for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.